At MasterCard, we believe that women-owned small businesses are uniquely inspiring. They're pillars of the community and have a measurable impact on the people within them. It's their secret sauce. We are deeply committed to helping address the daily challenges of all Canadian small businesses by putting our technology, cybersecurity solutions, digital resources, and partnerships to work for you every day. Discover them today at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. MasterCard, start something priceless. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear new stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. Every year, the government of Canada buys billions of dollars worth of goods and services. Are you getting your fair share of government contracts? On the show today, we're thrilled to have Chantal Potvin, Regional Director, National Capital Region, Procurement Assistance Canada. Chantelle has been a member of the Federal Public Service since 2010. She's held many roles with Health Canada and with Public Services and Procurement Canada related to issues, management, and strategic advice, including one year as Senior Advisor to the Deputy Minister of Public Services and Procurement. Chantelle has been called to work on some of the government's most urgent and emerging files, such as management of the Phoenix Pay System and within the Health Canada Internal Services COVID-19 response team. Chantelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you here. The way we start off the Startup Canada podcast is by trying to give our listeners a really good reason to stay tuned. So what kind of advice do you hope to share with our listeners during this conversation? Um, so my best advice, and this is something that I've learned uh, regardless of my status as, a, as a, an employee, a business owner, or a leader in the public service, um, is to surround yourself with a network of supportive and knowledgeable cross-section of people. And I think one of my own characteristics that I can single uh, out as being a key to a successful career, both in the public and private sector, um, and as a student um, and as a parent, you know, all of those great things, has been my ability to build relationships and to seek help and ask questions. So engaging a diverse group of people, and by diverse, I mean from various backgrounds, cultures, skill sets, and education, um, they only facilitate your day-to-day. And it can make a huge difference to have colleagues and friends who know that you who know you can who you know you can share ideas and help you out when needed. And only good has come from being able to say, 
oh, I have a contact for that. That's always gotten me very far, <laughs> especially in the public service. Um, you know, they're from this network or that team where I met them at this event. But even also just saying, you know, can you clarify this for me and having the trust in the people that you've surrounded yourself with who will do exactly that. And this essentially is what Procurement Assistance Canada wants to be for small and medium enterprises who are interested in doing business with the government of Canada, especially companies that are owned and or led by members of equity deserving groups such as women, black and racialized Canadians, indigenous peoples, persons with disabilities, and members of the LGBTQ2S plus community. So there are so many opportunities to work with the GOC uh, as an entrepreneur, as a small and medium enterprise, as a startup, and the Government of Canada Impact wants to be a part of that network, uh, like I've described earlier, and see these groups succeed. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to work for PAC. So you're saying that instead of grumbling about the government, we should look on government as a partner in our business? Absolutely, 100%. They're just part of that network. And we're, and I, I would like to think that Procurement Assistance Canada is a key piece in navigating that system and helping bridge that gap between a lot of the myths and a lot of the realities on what it's like to do business with right. the government. I bet on your list of myths, I bet one of them is that it's not even worth your while to try and source government contracts as a business owner because there are so many hoops you have to jump through and so many forms to fill out. You are 100% correct. That would be the number one myth. Um, it is one that I had before, oh, I, got I, it right. ding, ding, ding. before I even joined uh, anything to do with uh, procurement in the government of Canada. It was a myth even that I held. I have held roles in, held roles in real property. Um, and, you know, we, we rely heavily on the procurement branch within PSPC. And it can, it can seem uh, daunting. Um, to anyone who's approaching federal procurement. I mean, we, we're coming from a, a different place. We're not the, the private sector. We are the public sector. We do have to remain open uh, and fair and transparent. So we do have more complexities. We do have more processes that are in place to ensure that we're being good stewards of Canadian funds, of course. Um, and so as a public servant, as a Canadian citizen and someone who lives in Canada as well, I appreciate that part. But there's no reason that this process can't be uh, made easier. There's no reason that it can't be uh, a little bit more agile. And it, it, there is no reason for it to not be accessible. So that's where Procurement Assistance Canada comes in as we explain those pro processes and we help you navigate through the system. But yes, 100%, that is the, the number one myth. Is The number one myth that we have is that the government of Canada doesn't buy from smaller businesses. Um, and it's so hard to navigate all of the paperwork that I have to do. And it takes so long. So we're trying to help uh, ease that. That's music to my ears. I love to hear that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dig more into that in a minute, but let's just talk about you for a minute. So you've been working in the federal public service since 2010. What's just what's this journey been like for you, and how did you end up in procurement? I imagine that's the fast track to uh, deputy ministerhood, but. Uh... <laughs> um, so I grew up in Ottawa, which a, a lot of people that I meet in Ottawa are not from Ottawa, but I happen to be, I grew up in Ottawa, downtown Ottawa, lower town to be uh, exact. Um, so for us, the for my family, the family business was working in the public service. I remember spending Christmas Eve with my mom in the office, waiting for the office Santa to come in and have all the kids sit around and get a book. Well, my mom always gave books, but get a gift. Um, and she always talked about her role in the public service with pride. Um, she worked in HR, so she was heavily involved in ensuring that, you know, the right people were employed in the public service. Um, after university myself, uh, I stayed home with my children and I ran a home business, with, which gives me a unique perspective when you consider uh, the work I do now. <laughs> but um, 
eventually my kids started to go to school and the idea of working outside the home began to take, to take shape for our family. Uh, and it was one that made sense. So I got my first job um, as a business support clerk at PSPC in 2010. Uh, I was a CR4, so if you're not familiar with um, groups and levels within the uh, public service, CR4 is an entry-level position. It's an administrative, it's clerical. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and for me, it was a right fit from the start to work with the public service. I'm somebody who really, I thrive on process. I thrive on um you know, being surrounded by people. So it was just it, from a, from the go, I felt I belong right here. And I learned really quickly that the possibilities are endless uh, in the public service, especially when you come into an entry-level position and one that's administrative because it opens a lot of doors. And it was only amplified by some really great managers, um, especially my first manager and a, a lot of uh, fantastic women along the way. Some women leaders really uh, helped shape my career. I was taken under the wing of a few of them and given a chance to really blossom. And if the one thing about the public service is that if you are willing to learn and willing to develop, the sky is the limit. So as soon after I started, about a year and a half later, I completed I competed for an AS2 position, which is now we're getting into executive assistant. And then I competed again for an issues officer position. And then I became an issues manager, a senior advisor, and so on and so on. So a lot of the roles that I had, especially in the beginning, were in support of senior leaders. Um, and so that would involve me ensuring that they had the information, context, and confidence in my work to make decisions. Um, and that's, that's a really good feeling. But I also got the chance to manage people who were in the roles I had already been in as well. So as I developed, I knew that one of the ways that I could be of value in the public service was to develop others. And that's what I did. So I continued on my own journey, but I took every chance I could to give back. So I coached and mentored. I participated in interview boards. I gave feedback. Um, I provided feedback to uh, human resources on how we can um, improve our hiring processes so that they moved a little bit quicker so that we reach the right audiences. Um, that was very rewarding. Um, but it was when I was chosen to work for the, and I laugh right now because when I was chosen to work for the deputy minister of PSPC back in 2017, I say that's when I got my big break. Um, my husband, for example, took a picture of me leaving uh, the door that day and saying, oh, she got called up to the show. And that's exactly how it felt to me was I was being called up to, you know, being called up to the NHL. It was, it just felt really good. I was so proud that day. Um, and if you, if anyone who's works in the public service ever gets a chance to work in a senior leader's office, they should absolutely take it because getting to be a part of that and witnessing what goes into leading a department and then also having to liaise with a ministerial office, it's an experience that I'll never Sorry, forget. Sorry, just to cut through the jury, yep. deputy minister is really the, the, the CEO of, of the Essentially, department, yeah. But the minister has to go shake hands in the riding all the time. <laughs> so the deputy minister does exactly, run the show. Yeah. The deputy minister is essentially the CEO. You're right. The CEO. They are. Um, they're. They're. They're chosen. Um, they are chosen by the clerk of the Privy Council and the Prime Minister. It's a very important role. They're the most senior public leader for that department. Um, they're not an elected official. Um, they are. They work. They are public servants. So I was just going to ask: um, Is procurement something that you were? particularly interested in or that just how the dice rolled it, it was how the dice rolled um 
you know, I, I got the reputation of being that person to call when things were a little bit um, going a little bit sideways, you know, the, the, the Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix pay system, um, working on COVID, for example, uh, we received a large influx of money for federal infrastructure. So that's not an example of something going sideways, that's something going very, very well. Um, and that was, it was when I was working in federal infrastructure that I was really exposed to procurement. It was from a real property side, but it was when I really got a chance to see how the government spends its money, how it allots its project money, and what the priorities are. And it really opened my eyes to the fact that, oh, you know, this, this, I didn't realize that we do business with some smaller companies. Um, you know, for example, we were putting together contracts and requests for proposal just to have baseboards painted uh, in an office or to have light switches uh, replaced or to have light bulbs. Um, exchanged. And those things are done by small uh, companies. They're not necessarily done by the big corporations. So it was that was really my first uh, taste of procurement. Um, and it wasn't until my role here at Procurement Assistance Canada that I got to learn even more about the work that we do. But um, it seemed like a natural progression. I've worked at PSPC for you know 12 years with a short break there working in, at Health Canada and the Public Health Agency of Canada. But this is my home. Uh, and it's right there in our name, Public Services and Procurement Canada. It's baked in. So, you know, eventually uh, I ended up here and I, it feels really good to be here. And what does Procurement Assistance Canada mean? Who are we assisting? Procurement Assistance Canada specifically works with small and medium enterprises. Um, so we're talking those that are, um, you know, they are, you know, they could be 10 people, they could be 49 people, they could be 200 people. But these are the small businesses who uh, offer in a lot of cases, very specific services. Um, if you consider the larger corporations, they offer um, the, the larger portfolio of work like uh, real property management or, or major construction companies, engineering firms, the large engineering firms. We know all of those, but these are the companies that provide uh, specific work. Uh, and these are things that make, make sure that our government continues to work in itself. You know, they do, uh, they do window washing, they do cleaning, they do, believe it or not, catering services, they do dog grooming services, uh, they sell shower curtains because we also buy goods, for example. So they sell shower curtains. You know, there's a lot of things that you don't realize that uh, the government purchases. And, and there's some pretty cool stuff too, if you just go in through our buy and sell system and have a look and do a search of the things that we have we've purchased you, you might be surprised is it possible Chantel, to um estimate how much money the federal government spends buying goods and services from small medium-sized businesses it's hard to quantify that specifically um we are moving into uh you know we are hoping to move into an area where we can report on that and that'll be something that procurement assistance canada does really help um, uh, we, I'm sure we'll get into uh, our mandate later and I can explain to you some of the recent improvements and recent influx of funding that we've had into PAC um, that can explain that. But if the, 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 one of the biggest myths that we get, we do hold a myth-busting seminar um, across the country in all six of our regions uh, every month. The number one question that we get after is, how much does the government buy? The number one myth that we're presented with is the government doesn't buy from smaller businesses. And to that, we provide the, we provide information that, you know, 90% of government contracts awarded each year, there are valued under 25 K. Um, those are lower dollar value contracts, but those are exactly 25,000, under 25,000. 25, right? 25, exactly. So we, um, you know, that's the, that's what we're referring to when we we're talking about the shower curtains and the dog grooming services and catering services, uh, painting, 
uh, light bulbs, electricians, that sort of thing. Um, and then direct purchases from vendors valued under 10K, which means those are purchases that um, as a cost center manager myself, I have a budget for operations and I'm able to leverage that under $10,000 uh, ceiling in order to make quick purchases that ensure that my team uh, has the ability to do their work, but also has the ability to go to events and to, to do their regular operating. Those value over $700 million. So that is a large portion of what the government spends that you can attribute to small and medium enterprises. Okay. And here's the, the tough question. Is that number going up? Are we seeing small and medium-sized businesses get more opportunities uh, to, to, sell the, to sell the government? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Categorically, yes, absolutely there. And it's public services and procurement Canada is putting a lot of work and funding into ensuring that it continues to go up that way and that it continues to trend where we are uh, ensuring that small and medium suppliers have access to not only have access to government contracts, but are successful um, so that they understand the bidding process. They understand where they are in the bidding journey um, and get the support that they need as they do travel through that journey. So that they are successful and then we do offer um, programs that are coming up as well that even those who have participated in the bidding process may not have been as successful are able to um, get some coaching and get some feedback on how to just bring them bring them over that line a little bit so that they're successful and that they are taking advantage and leveraging government contracts that's really interesting so if i don't win a contract i get a chance to learn from that and presumably try again you absolutely could, yeah. yes. So, so, so let's just jump on that and chew on it for a minute. Um, what are the mistakes that that what are the avoidable mistakes that uh, business owners make when 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 they bid for a government contract and don't get it? So that can be hard for me to quantify um, as a you know as a regional director. Our supply specialists are they're the really the boots on the ground who can sort of go in and look at some of your documents and, and pinpoint exactly um, where you are. But I would say to me, as the regional director of the National Capital Region, I think one of the mistakes that, let, let's say oversights perhaps, would be um, not taking advantage of the services that are available. And that simply could be because they're not aware of the services that are available to them um, from an assistance perspective. So Procurement Assistance Canada um, recently, actually, we used to be called the Office of Small and Medium Enterprise, but we went through a rebranding last summer where we wanted to ensure that our not only our name, but our mandate was clear uh, for what it is that we do. So Procurement Assistance Canada, we are here specifically to support those small and medium enterprises on their bidding journey. And it really is a journey. So perhaps if you if there's one oversight I could pinpoint would be um, not starting with a Google search even just to see what could be out there <laughs> and saying, you know, uh, how to bid on contracts with the government of Canada or, you know, uh, what does the government buy um, so that you can um, get into our website is a great place to start the PAC website um, and then becoming aware. So, you know, this is when we're talking about uh, a supplier who sees the government of Canada as a potential buyer of the goods or services that they sell. So what could they do? Well, they could look for reference sheets to get started selling to the government of Canada. Um, government of Canada. They can attend one of our myth-busting or doing business um, seminars, uh, which are held virtually online currently, um, making them extremely accessible uh, all across the country. And then, you know, not doing and then getting into the research portion. So now I know, I know PAC is out there. I know that I know what the government buys. 
Um, I know it might apply to me. So now I want to know more about contracting tools. I want to know about processes and I want to know about what the needs are of the government of Canada. So that's when they might attend a Q&A session um, or they might go into uh, further down into some of our other web pages, web pages about the transition to electronic procurement, for example, because, you know, they might have that myth that, oh, this is going to be really onerous, going to have a lot of paper, but they might not know that we are transitioning to e-procurement um, so that, that it's, it's quicker, more agile, and more accessible. And then we want them to, you know, to go into the planning phase, and that's when they initiate steps to become a supplier so that they can find opportunities. And this is where PAC can come, uh, can actually be really involved. This is when you can uh, request a one-on-one -on -one with a, a Procurement Assistance Canada Supply Specialist. Uh, it's where you can attend an event that we are attending and ask direct questions and speak with us there. Um, a Supply Specialist will sit down with you virtually or in person um, and they will show you how to navigate through our system, how to look for opportunities, um, and then uh, guide you and what you need to get ready to be to get ready to put in a bid. So I think that that would be my answer is that um, maybe they're just not making themselves aware. Maybe they're believing or hearing those myths and taking them in and internalizing and saying, oh, it's just too much. But really there is, we do have the, the PAC team across Canada that are there to help you. So not taking advantage of that would be an oversight for sure. Absolutely. And it, it and, and doing that type of homework doesn't take very long, but it can really pay it really can. How how would I go about, what do I have to do to qualify in order to have one of those one-on-ones, whether in person or virtual with a... You, know, <laughs> um, you, you don't uh, you don't need to qualify. You just need to be uh, the owner of a small uh, or medium business within Canada. The definition of small and medium business is also on our website just to ensure that you qualify for that. But you can be someone who still just has an idea even. Um, and then if you are not, you know, if you're not registered, you don't have to worry about being registered for any of our um, systems because one of the things that a supply specialist will do is even help you with that. They really are there to get you started on that journey from just being aware to that post-bid journey after you've put in your bid and you're hopefully successful. So um, you can go to the website. Uh, there is a list there of the, all of the regions across Canada. We have the Atlantic region, the Quebec region, the National Capital region, which is Ottawa and Gatineau, Ontario. Manitoba, which also brings in the Northwest Territories and Nunavut. Um, and then we have the Pacific region, which also has the Yukon. So you, there, you'll you find something uh, for you there. And it really is either just a phone call, an email, um, or attending uh, one of our seminars or events and uh, asking one of them in person. They're always very clear as to who they are. You can tell who they are. They're the ones who know a lot about procurement. So they're just, you just uh, introduce yourself. And so, so, so we have a right to chat with them. It's not a matter of them deigning to speak with us. Oh, no, not at all. No, no, it is. You're right. This is a service for for Canadian small businesses. That is exactly what this is there for. This is it's it's open to it's open to all. And it's particularly open to diverse um, and equity seeking uh, suppliers as well, um, because we uh, recently received um, a, a quite a bit of funding from our budget 2021 from the Canadian budget um, that allowed us to increase our capacity in two ways, uh, particularly in my team. Uh, you can see the two ways that I've done it. I now have the ability to conduct a lot of socioeconomic research um, and a lot of engagement with uh, the organizations um, that represent um, equity-seeking groups from the industry. Um, and then I also have increased capacity with uh, on the supply side, which um, gives the, which are the ones who provide the actual support to the to the suppliers who are coming in uh, looking for advice. So um, we have, we have 
increase our capacity all across the country. And we uh, continue to do that to do so in order to provide those services. But we also have, we're increasing, because we have this influx of funding, we are also increasing our programs that we're offering. For example, the coaching service, which I just mentioned, which is specifically designed for um, equity seeking groups um, and underserved communities um, who have put in a bid, who might need a little bit more coaching after the bid to say, okay, well, I've, you know, you know, you get a one, you get a series of one-on-one -on -one sessions where they'll look at your bidding documents and they'll say, okay, maybe let's tweak this. Have you tried looking at this um, contracting vehicle rather than um, rather than just going in through this this door here? Maybe this is where you're more suited. That's something that every Canadian uh, who is uh, from an equity-seeking group, like we mentioned before, um, acts, gain access because we would like to see that increase, of course. This this is so uh, mind-expanding that the that that you're using language like this that uh, you know that the 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 bureaucrats who um, have processes that all kinds of processes around procurement are also on your side and wanting to help you get through, break through mm -hmm. the walls, uh, no matter yeah. who you are or where you are. So that, that, that sounds really exciting. Can you give us any examples, and you don't have to name names, um, some of the uh, um, equity-deserving groups that you've been able to help recently, maybe in the National Capital Region, uh, you, you know, that, that, uh, that are now breaking through and, and having su some success selling to government? Uh, possibly with new products or services that, that it hasn't bought before? Um, so I can, I can do that from two ways. I can do that from two ways. One way that my team, and then this goes back to the way my team is now structured, which is similar to many of the regional teams, is one way is that I, we, the, our, we call it the business intelligence and strategy team. They are able to do a lot of socioeconomic research. And then from there, they do a lot of engagement. And so we are now partnering with a lot of the stakeholder uh, and industry organizations um, for um, you know, new Canadians, uh, for those who are new to Canada, um, for any of those equity-seeking groups that we've discussed. Um, in We are now embedding ourselves into the work that they do to support um, can, to support these Canadians in ensuring that they have access to contracting. So we're now attending events with them. So if uh, you're right, I am hesitant to name names, but some of the groups that we work with are specifically for um, those who have just arrived to Canada and may have been successful um, back home and are now here and they have a unique perspective to offer and a unique service to offer. Um, and so we are helping them, we're helping these organizations ensure that they have the access here. They may not have considered doing business with the government of Canada, but now um, through that, those partnerships, we're able to open those doors for them, which is really great. Um, some specific companies that we've done work with on the supply side, so we call that the strategic and operational support team. We have, uh, for example, um, Oh, we have, there, there's a perfect one. We had a catering service um, specifically who uh, wanted to do business, who came to us wanting to do business with the government of Canada um, and provided uh, specific um, types of food, um, including uh, foods from um, uh, foods that were, you know, gluten-free um, and included, you know, a lot of uh, rice-based dishes and were ensuring that everything was healthy and fresh and beyond these, you know, the typical sandwich and and uh, you know salads that you would see, but something that offered a really diverse uh, way of uh, of supplying food, um, and it was it was it was great because there was a specific organization that was actually needing something like that, and they were able to they were able to to work something out. They found this through going through buy and sell, for example. Right now, that sounds like a real win win. 
It is, and you know, it's one of the reasons why when I did research on where I worked um, with, where I wanted to work uh, as I moved into the uh, leadership uh, cadre was PAC is because I looked at the mandate and I read through the website and I thought, I, I want to work here. I absolutely want to work here. That's, that, 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 that's, that's very cool. Can one make a career in the, in the same vertical or do you think you'd like as a civil servant to move out possibly into other uh departments or ministries? Um, like I said, you know, working in a deputy minister's office is a chance that I would never tell, I would tell anyone don't pass that up. Um, I think eventually I would love to maybe see what it's like to work in a central agency uh, like Treasury Board or the Privy Council office, the office of the Privy Council. Um, that would be great. But I left public services and procurement Canada for a short while to work at Health Canada and the Public Health Agency of Canada, which was super rewarding. But when I came back home to PSPC back in January, I see, I just gave it away, actually. When I came back to PSPC in January, it was like coming home. It really was. Um, it's, I, I really enjoy, there's such a, an interesting cross-section and intersection of people working in PSPC. We have finance and HR and all those wonderful corporate services, including IT, et cetera. But we also have real properties. We have property and facilities managers, and we have procurement specialists, and we have um, just so many diverse groups of people working in PSPC that there, you honestly don't need to leave PSPC to get a real, to have a really rewarding career working in a lot of areas. Um, there, you know, we have the science and parliamentary infrastructure branch. It's really excited, exciting. PSPC has offered me the opportunity to travel across Canada to meet many Canadians and part of the various programs that I've worked for. Um, you know, they have a strong focus on uh, diverse hiring practices to ensure that the people who I work with represent Canadians uh, from all backgrounds um, and don't just look like me necessarily, um, because that is where that that's where that's where you get that's where the good stuff is. That's where you are, you know, you're challenged and your you you your eyes are open and you're exposed to so much more than everything that's in your own head. Um, and you think, oh yeah, hey, it's not just me. <laughs> and then you're able to when you're able to collaborate in a way like that, it really it provides a reward. It's it's a lot of work, but it's rewarding work at the end of the day. Some days I go to bed and my head is just spinning from the information I've taken in, but uh, you can't, that, that, that's just amazing to me. That's a beautiful thing when a person loves their work like that. I do love my work. I love it very much. It, 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 it definitely comes across. So one of the other roles of Procurement Assistance Canada is uh, advising buyers who work for the government, people who buy these goods and services, advising them on the concerns of small and medium-sized businesses. Can you share some of the concerns that business owners have about this process? Uh, absolutely. So um, we actually at Procurement Assistance Canada, we have an entire team that's dedicated to um, uh, to barriers and how to mitigate or reduce these barriers. They're called the Barrier Analysis and Reduction Team. It's right there uh, in the name. So some of the concerns that we hear from other buyers, uh, other government department buyers or Procurement Assistance or PSPC supply specialists or industry stakeholders, et cetera, is, you know, that they're it is, you know, there's lacking of clarity on solicitation documents and or criteria and that they contain unclear language or they're too difficult to understand uh, or that the volume of paperwork is required that's required to submit a bit can be lengthy um, and you have to submit it multiple times, uh, multiple copies go here and there. 
that there are time constraints due to that complexity of the procurement process and they don't have the time uh, to, for businesses to submit bids um, and you know that they find that a little bit concerning. Um, there's, they've uh, voiced to us that they hear that there's, pardon me, they've voiced to us that there's difficulty in finding opportunities um, on buy and sell uh, and, and how to search for them. Um, and especially that when it comes to a specific industry, because imagine if you are someone who's selling dog grooming services, how do you even start? Um, and that the, the, the time between bidding and contracting award, um, it affects their ability to plan or to schedule work. And, and we certainly understand that. And, you know, th that the cost of bidding is expensive in itself. So uh, we, we hear that the, the Procurement Assistance Canada team and Public Service and Procurement Canada have, a, have action plans in place, a lot of initiatives in place to ensure that not only have we heard them, but that we've actioned them. And we want to make sure that we have, you know, you know, for example, leveraging and moving to an e-procurement system means that, you know, we won't need multiple copies of solicitation documents because they will all be electronic and they will automatically go where they're supposed to go. Um, we participate in interdepartmental working groups um, so that we can ensure that we are listening to other government suppliers, uh, other buyers um, in their concerns so that they can pass this information on to their clients and the suppliers that they work with. Um, you know, we are moving to Canada buys, uh, which will make finding opportunities easier, way easier to navigate, you know, moving away from those paper-based documents and get everything in faster. So that's, you know, that's what we're doing. We want to make sure that we, that Canadians, especially uh, those who want to do business with the government of Canada, know that we do here because another myth again is that we you know that we're not open to feedback um and that we because we have to follow these processes and we have certain laws and policies that we have to that we have to follow that we are sort of uh you know painted into a corner when it comes to federal procurement but we do listen uh we offer uh we ensure that we do a supplier survey every year to hear uh what suppliers are thinking we consult with other government buyers so that they can hear what their concerns are what they they see as barriers so that we can work on those we do roundtables um, with various um, equity, equity uh, deserving groups. For example, last spring, we did roundtables with uh, members of the persons with disabilities community. Uh, we did with black businesses, with women-owned businesses, and we are, you know, there's a, we have a lot of indigenous uh, engagement as well to ensure that we're hearing the unique voices that come from those communities. So. You know, there isn't, there's like a myth again that there isn't a space to change, um, but we do. We actively engage the supplier community on a regular basis. We actively engage with other buyers. Uh, we do requests for information to open the discussion around barriers. And the way that works is that an RFI will go up on, uh, on, on buy and sell or on Canada buys. We will ask, what are your concerns and what do you think we should do about that? So we are listening. We're there to listen and ensure that the processes lead to a change. Yeah. Um, it, it, it sounds like uh, Procurement Assistance Canada has really accepted it, its role as a partner to small business. Uh, is, it, is it hard getting that across to the rest of your department or, you know, are you finding it getting easier as we go along? <laughs> it's definitely, with the rebrand, it's definitely, it is getting easier with the influx of funding that we've had. Um, it is definitely getting easier. Now we have the capacity to market um, and we aren't just marketing to suppliers. We're, we're marketing to the rest of PSPC and the rest of the government as well. So we're attending more events and we are ensuring that, uh, you know, our website is up to date and is a wealth of information. Um, but I have to say, when, even when it was the Office of Small and Medium Enterprises, we always thought that 
those people were super cool. <laughs> you know, they um they have the the National Capital Region office, for example, was in uh, Place du Portage. It was on the main floor, and when we walked by, you would see uh, Canadians, uh, the the public, going in and out of the office um, for their meetings, and um, they, they everybody seemed it just seems so it seemed like a really cool place to work i think that most of pspc has an idea of what the office of small and medium enterprise did but now we're working on ensuring that all of pspc knows what procurement assistance canada does um and you know with the sometimes we hear from psp suppliers and other supply specialists and other uh, government department buyers actually actively referring them to us because they are limited in the advice that they can provide because there are certain rules surrounding that they have mm -hmm. to be very very careful so that's where that's where the doors are open to pack so um we yes i i think that PSPC knows. I know that there is a lot of attention recently in the work that we do especially for diverse communities um but you know, we we're getting we're get the word is getting out there, and it's by doing you know events like this or attending expos or hosting expos as well. We do that too, to make sure that everyone understands our value and everyone understands our mandate. Before we sign off, Chantal, let's just get back to include inclusion and diversity and those uh, programs and practices you're putting in place to help make sure that underrepresented communities get their share of the government contract. Uh, pie that's out there. So what specifically are some of the things that you're doing to, to make access to these contracts uh, more accessible? Uh, well, following Budget 2021, which I continually go back to, but that really is what was uh, what allowed PAC and PSPC to kickstart um, really getting, getting into this space and ensuring that we had the proper initiatives in order to move forward with that. But this included a large amount of money, um, and it allowed us to reaffirm the federal government's commitment to supplier diversity. Two of the, you know, one of the biggest, well, the biggest example is the Supplier Diversity Action Plan, which was announced back in uh, early 2022, which will spark many initiatives in the coming years um, that will uh, it, it meet this need. Uh, for example, uh, after that, uh, in the spring, we had, you know, we had two of the biggest RFIs that we've conducted in PSPC history. Um, they were the Black-owned and the LGBT. Q2S plus uh, RFIs where we actively engaged those two communities um, in hearing about what it is that they need, what their experiences are, what their expectations are, um, and how we can meet those expectations. And those are things that are going to continue with other diverse groups as well. We're not going to stop there. Um, you know, we were the biggest buyer in Canada. So our actions in, in ensuring diversity in the supply chain will affect everyone. Um, and we have to be the example. So, you know, we're taking this funding to increase, increase our capacity in so many ways. Like I've said, we are, it's allowed us to structure our teams in ways that where we can now do analysis that we weren't able, weren't able to do before, that we were allowed, to, now we're able to do engagements we weren't able to do before, which leads our, leaves our supply specialists the space to do the actual um, operational support to those teams. So we're really, we're now structured in a really great way in order to provide our services, but we're going to continue. And now it's time to take that capacity and put it into programs and processes that we can embed uh, into our everyday. The coaching service is a really great example. Um, it's something that was recently launched. Uh, we're going to hear more about it in the fall as well. So that, uh, like I mentioned, those uh, diverse and equity seeking groups who um, you know have who have you know dipped their toes into the procurement uh, with the government of Canada waters, maybe they've had you know very minimal success, 
how can we bring that even further? How, wh what can we do? Let's give them some one-on-one -on -one coaching so that we can help them be successful. Um, you know, we just want to make sure that we have increased resources um, across the country uh, through various events, seminars, one-on-one um, you know, -on -one sessions. And I think one of the biggest ways as well is that, you know, with this influx of funding and we're allowed to increase our capacity, we're able to do so, but we're also consciously hiring to ensure that we're hiring from those communities that we are, you know, working so hard to represent. Because like I've said, when you surround yourself with a network of, you know, various backgrounds, various cultures, various educational levels, et cetera, you're only going to do good things. And so if, if we represent those we are representing, it, it just, it gives even more, um, it, it gives us even more power in order to uh, ensure supplier diversity is, you know, top of mind. Right. It has been uh, a true pleasure chatting with you, Chantal, about this. Um, government contracts have the opportunity to change the, the direction of a business and the, having more small business, small medium-sized businesses, more innovators supplying to government also, you know, has a chance to change government for the better, mm -hmm. make it more efficient, bring okay. it new ideas and new perspectives. So it's, uh, it's definitely win, win, win all Absolutely. the way around. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for your obvious commitment to uh, diversity and to getting a small and medium-sized business inside <laughs> those, <laughs> yeah. those, those, those yeah. big brass doors yeah um, bring them in them. exactly yes yeah any final words to share with the entrepreneurs listening um just that we are here uh to help uh i say that with you know 100 percent um certainty and 100 percent commitment please go to the procurement assistance canada website um if you like there's so many ways to get in touch with us but um you you know, please come to us uh, if you're looking for help um, and take advantage of all of the opportunities to learn more. Uh, we do have a, an excellent program of work. Our outreach is second to none. It's all designed, uh, you know, with, in a very, very targeted way to wherever you are on the journey, we're there to help you. Um, and so that's that, that if that's one thing I can say is just get in, get in contact with us 100%. Thanks, Chantel. You're a true innovator. You're an entrepreneur. Keep on shaking things up. <laughs> Thank you. I love my job and I was so happy Thank to you. talk about it. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence.